morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mbriwa Gawaza, and for today, we are going to be um, getting into the world of investments, um, investment classes, asset classes, capital allocation, uh, that type of thing. We are in the second month of 2024 already, and some people may have uh, started investing or, you know, been uh, strategizing just around what to do in 2024. And for today, we are joined by the team from Satrix, you know, who have observed a number of things in the market and um, have released, uh, you know, some new offerings into the market uh, that seek to address some of the opportunities that they see for investors, um, you know, out there. So to help us make sense of it all, we are joined by Kingsley Williams, who is the Chief Investment Officer over at Satrix. Um, Satrix is uh, the largest uh, provider of index tracking and ETFs in South Africa and I believe the continent as well. Kingsley, greetings to you today. Great to be speaking to you again, Madiwa. It's been uh, it's been too long. Uh, I remember our last conversation very fondly. So thank you for having me on your show. No, no, no. Most certainly, it has been uh, it has been a while since we since we last spoke. Um, you know, I think the last time that we spoke, it was around the time that uh, uh, about three years ago on this platform, at least it was about three years ago. You guys had uh, launched a new ESG, um, you know, type of ETF offering. Um, you know, at the time. But for today, you know, it looks like, um, you know, there's two, you know, things that we're going to be talking about. Maybe we can get into the first, um, you know, which is around, um, you know, which is around uh, something that you guys have worked on with uh, the JSC. It's called uh, the Satrix JSC Global Equity ETFs. And um, to my understanding, is there to give investors exposure to SA companies with offshore listings. Um, I was at a presentation, a you know, earlier on in the week uh, where you guys uh, outlined this case. And maybe you could also just outline on this platform just around what is it exactly that we're trying to do here and how is it that you guys decided that this was something that was needed in the market? Yeah, it's uh, it's a good question. And I think before we get into the specifics, it's important to understand what some of the factors are that drive performance in our local market. So if we look at 2023 uh, as a case in point, um, if we just take all of the stocks in our market that are are identified as RAND hedge stocks, in other words, they typically do well when the currency weakens, in other words, when the, when the RAND uh, dollar exchange rate goes up, these stocks tend to do well. Um, those stocks significantly outperformed as a group uh, the collective of stocks that tend to do well when the RAND strengthens. So obviously, we've been in a year where the RAND has weakened, and we've actually had a couple of years where our currency has depreciated for various reasons. Um, and so this uh, backdrop provides a bit of a tailwind uh, to these kinds of stocks. So this is the first thing to understand is that the currency does play a, a, a crucial role in determining the fortunes of certain stocks on our exchange. Um, 
the other the, the other thing we need to be mindful of as well is that the way in which our indices have been constructed and typically the indices that get used as benchmarks uh, have through time been merging together and becoming similar. So, for example, we've we've had uh, the all share index, which most investors are familiar with, and you've got the top 40 subset of the of the all share index. But then you've got other indices that also represent our full market known as the SWIX or the SWIX 40 or the CAPT SWIX. Um, and the difference between those two uh, indices have been changing through time into, and, 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 and converging. And the reason for that is that the SWIX index has a lower weight to those dual listed stocks uh, that are available on the JSE, whereas the all share index has had a higher weight to some of those stocks. But within the all share index, the weight of some of those larger stocks has been declining, not because of the performance of those stocks, but because uh, they have a certain status which either determines whether they have a high weight or include the global free float or a much lower weight, which is the methodology that Swix uses. And because there have been corporate actions and changes within those businesses and the way that they're listed on the JSC, they have reduced in weight and so now only and, and, and would be now weighted according to the Swix methodology, which is a lower weight to those dual listed stocks. Now those dual listed stocks typically have high RAND hedge properties, which is quite easy to see why. Uh, their primary listing would generally be uh, somewhere overseas, uh, maybe in Europe or in the States or in Switzerland somewhere. Um, and that is where the price of that particular company is going to be predominantly set. So all else being equal, if uh, the RAND weakens, you would expect the price of those stocks to go up in RANDs here on the JSE because the price is ultimately determined in Europe, for example. And so if nothing else changes, if our currency weakens, the price in rands must go up. Otherwise, there's an arbitrage opportunity. Um, and that arbitrage opportunity will ensure that the price on the JSE closely mirrors the price uh, of that stock wherever else it might be traded in the world. So we've been seeing a couple of these uh, factors at play. And uh, what's actually going to be happening now in March of this year is the difference between the all share index and the SWIX index is going to be removed. They'll now only have uh, the all share index uh, going forward and it's going to look like the SWIX way or it's going to look the, the all share index will be constructed the same way that the SWIX is constructed. In other words, all those dual listed stocks are going to be down weighted. Um, so that's where we've identified an opportunity to say we think the market would want a strategy, a cost effective strategy and index uh, to capture a higher weighting to those dual listed stocks. So when we think about, uh, you know, what you're talking about, one of the things that I'm reminded of is that a couple of years ago, um, Old Mutual um, is, Old Mutual to my understanding has a number of listings. Um, I think there's a London one, a Joburg one, and I think there's a Harare one in Zimbabwe. And I remember that a couple of years ago, people were using the price of, old mutual shares on the JSC and on the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange to actually gauge the actual rate of inflation uh, that was actually going on 
you know, because literally exactly what you were talking about, um, as the price rose and fell here on the on the JSE, um, you would see that re- sort of that uh, leveling out on the Zimbabwean side. And by however much it would move on that side, that sort of gave you like an almost a real time indicator of what actual inflation was. What it was looking like is this the type of thing that we're talking about those price differentials, but also now saying you know uh, South African investors you can take advantage you know of some of these things you know as and when they happen if the rand is weakening you've got you know some price action on the other side uh, that is likely to, going to happen here you know this is something that helps you to take advantage of you know some of those movements so 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 these companies that have underrepresented exposure in in our local indices um let's put some names to them um Richmond would be one of them um and how uh, and how's bush or ab inbev which was the was the global brewing uh, brewing company that acquired sab um uh, we've got BHP Group, which is a big mining conglomerate uh, that has a listing on the JSE, a secondary listing on the JSE, but is headquartered in London, I believe. Uh, and you've got Anglo-American, which many of our investors and local marketers are familiar with, but its primary listing is actually in London as well. So that's just a few a few examples um, of companies. And as I've mentioned those names, you can quite easily see that where they generate their revenues – um, and their earnings is primarily from foreign foreign sources. So the beers that get sold, yeah, South Africa contributes, but uh, Anheuser Busch or AB InBev sells beer in many many other markets around the world. Um, and so, if our currency weakens, if the South African rand weakens against the dollar, that's got nothing to do with the fundamentals of that company uh, globally. Its price is going to be set in the U.S. or in London uh, based on how investors are valuing that company based on its global sales. So, yes, maybe uh, the sales in South Africa might contribute less, but that probably is a small portion of the total earnings picture of that company. Uh, and so all else being equal, uh, if if our currency weakens, you would expect the price of that stock on the JSC to increase Um because the fundam you know the, the the price hasn't necessarily changed in London or wherever that company may be listed, and the expected earnings from that company are unlikely to be affected just because our currency is weakened on a day so so that that's the principle um, but I think beyond i mean i mean that's the that's the concept uh, and but beyond that we we also feel that investors want to have the ability to exploit different drivers of returns in our market. And, you know, just because the currency weakened, just because the rand weakened against the dollar last year, that doesn't mean it's going to happen this year. Um, In fact, the currency is seen as generally being undervalued, but even that doesn't mean that it might not get further undervalued. Um, So it's not a, it's not a, a, a foregone conclusion over a, particularly over the short term that, that our currency would weaken and therefore you'd get a, get a tailwind, uh, from, from this type of strategy. But we have seen over, over the long term that the, that the RAND does generally weaken against, against, uh, more developed market currencies because we have higher inflation in South Africa. That, that's what then funds that. So, yeah, it's really about giving investors, uh, alternatives 
um, and levers, different levers that they can access uh, in their portfolio, particularly as in the past we had the all-share index that had higher exposure to these dual-listed companies. But because the all-share is now going to look exactly like the SWIX index from March this year, uh, investors won't have that choice anymore to say, well, I want an index, I want to track an index that has higher exposure to these dual-listed companies versus, say, the SWIX, which has lower exposure to them. So this provides a an alternative for investors in order to gain that exposure in their portfolio. Um, a curiosity on our side is because of, uh, you know, what you're talking about, there's going to be uh, that rebasing that happens in about a month's time and then, you know, making sure that people have, um, you know, that exposure. Investors are split between institutional and retail in South Africa. Who do you anticipate is going to be, you know, taking uh, this one up? Um my thesis as a non-expert is that your fund managers and all that jump on onto it almost immediately, and then maybe there's a lag before the retail market comes on. Uh, you know, your thoughts on that one? Um, it's going to be interesting to see who jumps on it first. Um, generally, we would say that institutional investors may only uh, look at accessing the strategy once it is listed on the JSE. There will be an IPO period of where investors can subscribe for, for units in the ETF or for shares in the ETF before it lists. And we generally find that retail investors support those IPOs quite well. Uh, but yeah, it could be a mix. Um, we've certainly launched some, some other ETFs uh, recently that have been supported quite well by both retail and institutional investors, uh, particularly at this kind of pricing point. Um, and we can talk about that a bit later in terms of what the total expense ratio and the cost structure of, of our ETF is going to be. Uh, so I would, I would see a, a mix of both. And actually, maybe just if, you know, if there are institutional investors listening to this, uh, one, of the, one of the interesting use cases for a strategy like this is that some institutional investors are actually not allowed to hold offshore equities uh, directly or have exposure to offshore equities um, in their portfolio. They're limited to only holding JSE-listed stocks. Um, so this would be a way, for example, to indirectly gain exposure, not to the full offshore universe, uh, equity universe, but certainly a, a, a higher proportion than you would get if you were just tracking, say, the SWIX or the all-share index locally. So it would be a way to get that uh, offshore equity exposure into your portfolio via our JSE-listed stocks. And so there could be a strong use case for, for institutional investors to, to utilize a fund like this to increase that exposure very uh, easily. Okay, cool. Um, before we talk about the expense ratios and the pricing, um, we are you know, talking on the 2nd of February, which is a Friday, and uh, we've that means that uh, there's a second, um, you know, ETF that uh, we're talking about for today. Um, I believe uh, I'm just looking for the name. Um, it's the Satrix MSCI uh, ACWI ETF. Lots of acronyms there. What are these acronyms? What is the composition of this one? Yeah. So, so that is another ETF we're bringing. So, unlike the uh, 
Satrix JSC Global Equity ETF, which is going to be tracking the UTSI JSC Global Investor Index. Um, so that index is limited to JSC listed companies only. The MSCI ACQUI, as it's known, um, or ACQUI stands for All Country World Index, uh, will give investors exposure to the entire global equity universe. And that ACQUI benchmark is a very commonly utilized index, uh, particularly for institutional investors, um, to reference their offshore equity uh, port, uh, performance to uh, or relative to. So to date, um, investors have not been able to, to track ACQUI via an ETF. Um, there are limited options to, to gain exposure to the ACQUI benchmark in RANDs. Um, so we're quite excited about bringing an ACQUI ETF available in RANDs. So literally with a single ETF, investors can get exposure to the global equity universe across large and mid-cap stocks uh, across both developed and emerging markets. So normally, or, or to, you know, up, up, up to this point, uh, Satrix has had quite a few uh, products available in both ETF and Unitrust form and various other vehicles to track MSCI World. So MSCI World only gives you exposure to developed markets. So that would be dominated by the US, uh, Japan, uh, Europe, UK, Canada, etc. Uh, those would be the countries you would have exposure to through, uh, by MSCI World. But MSCI All Country World includes emerging markets as well. So in there, you'd have the likes of China and India um, and South Africa, a very small sliver uh, makes up part of that uh, MSCI ACQUI universe. Uh, it is a very interesting one, and especially given the fact that up until this point, uh, there wasn't a way for for someone to get, um, you know, into that. Um, for the two that we've spoken about, is it uh, does a person who wants to invest necessarily have to come directly through Satrix? Um, are you is is it possible for people to access these, you know, on other platforms or uh, and the like? Being only accessible via a Satrix platform. Um, Satrix does have its own platform called Satrix Now, which enables uh, retail investors to open an account electronically and be able to access the full range of Satrix products. But you don't have to access these ETFs through the Satrix Now channel. Um, we generally list our all of our products are available on what what's known as Lisp platforms, um, which is generally what financial advisors utilize. And Satrix has been at the forefront of enabling our ETFs to also be accessible through those Lisp platforms. Historically, they were limited to unit trusts only, but Satrix has pioneered the technology to enable those Lisp platforms to utilize ETFs as well, which really just opens up the range of investment opportunities uh, that are open to uh, to financial advisors, uh, expanding the, the investment opportunity set and the fund opportunity set. Um, but ETFs are traded on an exchange. So even outside of LISP platforms, if any investor has a brokerage account, uh, whether that's through Easy Equities or any other of the online share trading uh, platforms or through your through whoever your broker may be, uh, you would be able to buy those ETFs uh, into your into your trading account. So they're widely accessible beyond just the Satrix Now platform. 
All right. Now, I definitely had to, you know, make sure on that particular front. Some people might be listening. All right. Now, I definitely had to, you know, make sure on that particular front. Some people might be listening and thinking that this is exclusive to, you know, a certain club, a certain platform or whatever it is. Uh, but before we let you go, then, is um, I guess the, the, the issue of cost. Um, you know, how do you guys make this work? I guess in essence, it's a question of how does Citrix make money from, you know, the, uh, you know, these two new offerings that you guys have given. ETF, the one giving higher exposure to the dual listed stocks on the JSE, that's going to come to market at a 15 basis point total expense ratio or 0.15%. So that would be the total cost in order to uh, track that that index, um, and it's uh, very comparable to some of our local uh, equity ETFs that we already have available. Um, and then for the MSCI Acqui, that is going to have a total expense ratio which matches that of MSCI World. So it's going to be the same total expense ratio as our MSCI World ETF, which is 35 basis points. So if you want the emerging markets as well, you can get that at the same all-in cost uh, that you would have been accustomed to when just getting exposure to developed markets. All right. Now, Kingsley, um, as I said, we are letting you go. I'm going to ask you one of those questions where I know that you are very biased, uh, but I'm just going to ask it anyway. The market that we're in right now, is it for uh, people that are going for more managed you know, types of offerings such as what you have, or is this a market for stock pickers? Um, that's a, that's a great <laughs> question, Mudiwa. Uh, and we have recently done a fund update with our clients, uh, where, uh, this was exactly one of the questions posed. Uh, and it's not an easy question to answer because there are quite a few variables that would probably be best explained with the aid of a chart. But given that this is a podcast and <laughs> your investors are only listening to me, Yes, yeah, so we're, we're going to have to imagine. We, we, imagine we're going to have chart. to imagine it. Yeah. So, so, so very quickly, I'll try and do justice without losing losing anyone. Um, one of the key opportunities that enables stock picking to flourish and to be a ripe environment for stock picking is how much dispersion there is in return relative to the index. So, in other words. How differently are the different stocks available for managers to choose behaving? If they're all behaving the same, obviously there's no opportunity set to add value from stock picking because it doesn't matter which stock you buy, it's going to perform the same way as any other. Uh, so the environment that we've actually seen in our market over the last year or three has been that there has been increasing opportunity for stock pickers. Now, another variable that uh, plays into that is that uh, you can just have a look at the stock's performance relative to the index and uh, get a sense as to how many of those stocks have actually outperformed or underperformed the index. And again, in 2023, it was a good environment for, for stock pickers because more stocks outperformed the index than underperformed it. So in other words, the odds were in your favor to add alpha uh, relative to to a broad market index. Um, but then the final thing we looked at was uh, have managers actually added uh, outperformance 
uh, versus the index? And also, how different has the performance been amongst managers? In other words, has the, the dispersion has increased uh, in, at, at a stock level, but have, have funds been able to capture that? And again, it depends which index you look at. So if you look at an index like the All Share Index, which has that higher RAND hedge exposure, uh, you actually find that most managers underperformed it. If you look at an index like the SWIX index, which is more of a RAND play exposure, it has lower exposure to those RAND hedge stocks, uh, more than, you know, just more than 50% of the managers in the market managed to outperform that. So the jury's out in terms of whether managers are able to, to capture those stock picking opportunities. Uh, we certainly have not seen dispersion amongst managers' returns increasing despite the opportunities for that uh, to, to, to manifest itself. And as I mentioned right at the beginning, uh, what has driven the market is whether you've been exposed to Rand hedge stocks or not. And if you were exposed to Rand hedge stocks, you probably did very well, uh, even, even through a broadly diversified index like the Global Investor Index that we're, we're now bringing to market. If you're exposed to more Rand play stocks, uh, then you probably didn't do as well. So I think it, it, it often hinges on what your investment strategy is. And I think the other, the other thing to always bear in mind is that uh, calling which way the rand is going to go over a given period is notoriously difficult to do. There are so many different factors uh, at play. And the other thing that we also discussed at length in our fund update is that uh, investors are well rewarded if they stay the course, um, particularly if they're worried about you know, what are equity markets collectively going to do. So forget about stock picking. Uh, what are equity markets going to do? Is, are they likely to go down this year or, or go up this year? And I think the key question there is that, well, perhaps you shouldn't be investing in equities if your investment horizon is only one year. You want to be investing in equities if your investment horizon is five years or longer. And there you are well rewarded for taking that additional risk relative to, say, keeping your money in cash or in more defensive asset classes. So we could have a, a whole podcast just on this topic, um, and uh, I'd, I'd, I'd welcome the opportunity to do that with you further. But hopefully that gives your, your listeners some insights. It certainly does give us some insight and I think that's definitely a topic that we need to we need to delve into um and and especially given the fact that at least you guys have data right you've got data points that you can you know give us in terms of informing um you know what's going on um you know out there because that is the perennial thing do i you know sit there and study the market myself or do i um you know hand over to people that are you know vastly more experienced um you know when it comes to you know when it comes to this thing but even on that side it's not always guaranteed so like you said it's a complex uh, what you call this it's a complex problem um you know to look at and to study and uh, certainly the results speak thereof so that's been it it has been a really great discussion um, always good you know chatting with the team at Satrix and uh, talking to Kingsley today just talking about uh, two of the ETFs uh, that they've brought to the market one uh, specifically um, you know to help investors take advantage of companies that have um, you know maybe an international listing and have also a listing on the JSC uh, to take 
take advantage of what's going on internationally and then a second one where people can actually track um, you know across both the developed and uh, developing markets you know with the ACWI you know that's an ETF that carries a lot of acronyms uh, but uh, all country world index um, you know that is the, that is the second one. So it's been great. We were in conversation with uh, Kingsley Williams, who is uh, the chief investment officer over at Satrix. Kingsley, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for your time. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter with hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon and good morning.